Bible's open to Mark chapter 6, we come to the third and final message of this series that we've been talking about real faith and when our faith is tested, when, when our faith comes up against real life, how is it that our faith can be strengthened? How is it that our faith can grow? We've been walking through Mark chapter 6 over these past two weeks. This is the third week and we've been talking about a faith when rejected and we looked at Jesus when he was rejected in Nazareth because of his faith. When, when people turned their back on Jesus because of, of him talking and dreaming about big things and dreaming big dreams. And we talked about how our faith and how our faith can be bolstered and strengthened when people reject us for our faith. We saw last week a faith tested when Jesus performed a miracle and 5,000 men, 20,000 people were fed from a few pieces of, of bread and fish. And how when our faith comes against testing, how our faith can be bolstered and how our faith can grow. We come here today and we're going to look at a faith directed, a faith directed. There are some who teach that if you are living in God's will and your faith is at a certain level, then you will never experience testing and storms. That type of thinking is bogus. You're going to hear TV preachers say that if bad things happen to you, then it's because you don't have enough faith. That's not biblical. When you open the Bible and you read the stories of the Bible, you see that men and women of God, even Jesus, the Son of God himself, faced storms of life and faced testings of life. Everyone experiences tests. Whether you're a believer or a non-believer, we all experience life's ups and downs. But for the believer, there's a difference. When testing comes for the believer, we know that the life's ups and life's downs, we understand that they are all directed by God. That there's a reason, that there's a purpose for the test and the storm, the direction that life is taking us. There is a purpose and a plan, a divine purpose and plan behind all of it leading us. Sure, as a Christian... You can throw your hands up and you can quit. And you can say, I, I've had enough of this. You can get mad and you can sit on the sidelines. And sure enough, there's enough Christians that have done that. Life has, has had a way of chewing you up and spitting you out. And you say, you know what? I've had enough. I, I give up. I, I, I'm going to stop. I'm going to sit back here and wait. The understanding that our faith is being directed by God, though, understands that real faith, as we're talking about real faith, real faith, real faith is grown and matured through trials. Sarah and I are walking through a test right now in our own lives. As I'm preaching this message series, little did we know that as we were coming up to this message about our faith being directed through trials and storms, little did we know that there was a storm that was brewing on the horizon in our own life. But you know, I find that as I preach this message to myself, I know that we're not alone. I know that there are others here today and you're walking through storms of life. You're walking through situations that you did not plan on. 
You are, re, you, you, you are beginning to walk through these storms and these situations and life events have, have come over and those clouds, those storms have come and they've been sitting right here, resting right over your head, right over your marriage, right over your kids, right over your work, right over the situations that you find yourself in and you say, this is not what was supposed to happen. This is not where life was supposed to go, but you find yourself right here, right now. In this test of faith, the difficult times. In difficult times, understand that God is directing. As we said last week, that God directs not only the starts of life, but he also directs the stops of life. Please stand in the honor of reading God's word. Mark chapter 6, this is the story, as you know, of Jesus walking on the water, beginning in verse 45. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida. Well, he dismissed the crowd, and after he had taken leave of them, he went up to the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him, Walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost, and they cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Father, I pray that as many of us have walked into this sanctuary today with, with life events happening, with storms brewing, uh, upon us, Father, I pray that you will help us to focus in the midst of this storm, help us to focus in on your word and what you would have to say to us. Father, we beg you that you will speak to our heart today. Father, we don't want to just play church, but Father, we want to experience your goodness and your grace and your joy here today. We ask this in Christ's name and all of God's people said. Please be seated. God teaches us lessons in life. And the way he teaches us these lessons is that he, just, he doesn't just preach them to us, but he allows us to experience these lessons of life. Jesus was teaching his disciples. If you remember last week, we, we said that when he, was, when he was performing this miracle, he was teaching a lesson. There was a lesson of the loaves. And if you remember what that lesson of the loaves, it was twofold. We said that God is in control and God always provides. Remember, that was the lesson of the loaves, the, the multiplication of the fish and the the loaves was all about God is in control. No matter what circumstance happens in your life, God is in control and God always provides. And so he's teaching his disciples. Jesus is teaching his disciples these two points. God is in control and God always provides. He's teaching them not just through actions, but he, he's performing a miracle. and He's showing them these two aspects, the lesson of the loaves. And, and, and the disciples, did they get it? No, they didn't get it, did they? They, they were walking away with their baskets full. They, there were 12 basketfuls of, of bread and fish left over, and they were walking with their basket full saying, look at what we've done. Look at what we've got. Look at all the blessings that we've got. And they get onto a boat, and they go out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and there they meet another test, and they did not get it. Mark even says here, Mark says in verse 52, they did not understand the lesson of the loaves. That means that when they were in the midst of the trial, what they just saw Jesus do, they completely missed the fact that God is in control. When the storms begin to rage, they, they miss the lesson. They miss the point. 
Christian, listen, when you come into a test, don't forget the lesson of the loaves. When a trial, when an impossible situation comes your way, do not forget what Jesus just taught. God is in control. And God always provides. No matter where you find yourself in, no matter if you've got 20,000 people to feed and a few fish and, and loaves, remember that God has got this. Don't freak out. Remember what we said last week? Don't freak out. God's in control. And God always provides. But the disciples, they didn't get it. They missed the lesson of the loaves. And so through this storm, they learned a few more lessons that I believe that you and I can pick up and help our faith be bolstered. What did they learn? Well, lesson number one, they learned that God has a plan even when they do not. God has a plan even though we may not. Friend, do you realize that God has a plan for you in the storm that you're in? You may not have a plan at all. You may not have even saw or seen this, this storm coming on the horizon, but it did not catch God by surprise. The storm may have caught you blindsided. Maybe you're holding on for dear life, but I want you to notice something. Who sent them on that boat? Who sent them out into that sea of Galilee? Who sent them out into that storm? Jesus did. Jesus, the Bible says, Mark goes to great lengths to tell us that Jesus put them on the boat. And Jesus sent them out into that storm. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. Realize that in your life, when storms come, when storms, when testings, when trials come upon your life, they come for two reasons and two reasons only. Number one, you have storms of correction. There are storms of correction that come over your life, a la Jonah. Jonah, a prophet of God, who God said, I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to preach the people of Nineveh. I want you to go and preach repentance, because I want a great revival to happen in Nineveh. And Jonah said, no, absolutely not. I'm not going that way. He got on a boat, and he went in the exact opposite direction. Storm came. People freak out. Take Jonah, and they throw him overboard. He gets swallowed by a great fish. You think that's a test? <laughs> you think your trial is something? Try to live in the belly of a fish for three days. Have you ever walked by a fish market before and smelt? Imagine living in the belly of one of those things. Spits him out and you see it was a, a test, it was a trial, it was a storm of correction. To get this man back into the middle of God's will. Sometimes God has to get our attention. Sometimes God has to go to great lengths to get our attention. And he puts storms in our life in order to correct us, in order to discipline us. Sometimes the storms that you're in are a result of your own making. You make poor choices and you begin to run from God like Jonah did then God may send a storm into your life to bring you back. Storms of correction. But there's also storms of perfection. Not just storms of correction, but there's also storms of perfection. These storms that, that knock off the rough edges. We don't have time to go there, but 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7 talk about this. It talks about how, how God uses storms and, and trials of life to bring us to become more like Jesus Christ, to knock off the rough edges. 
Now understand that you may not know if you're in a storm of correction or perfection. You, you, you don't know, but you can be certain. No matter what storm you're in, you can understand and know that God has a plan through it. And let me say this. When you're in a storm, you're not going to know the why of the storm. What's the first reason? What's the first thing that we ask when, when we enter into a trial of life? What's one of the first questions we ask? Why me? Why am I in this storm? Why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? Rarely, rarely, I have never. And so I say this is so rare. It's, I don't know anyone who knows why they've gone, gone through a storm because you see, rarely do we ever come to know the reason why. But we are conditioned as human beings to try to understand the purpose of why of everything. It may not make sense to you at all, but it doesn't have to. A few years ago in my own life, a, a tragedy occurred. My brother took his life. Rocked my world, rocked my family's world, and I've often wondered why. Why did that happen? Why us? Why that? Why then? Why? Why would God allow it? What was the purpose? In years and years and years of thinking about that, I, I've come to this discovery. Even if I knew the answer to why, even if God just opened up the heavens and said, Wesley, this is why this happened, can I tell you that it still would not take away the blow of the storm? It would not take away the hurt. It would not take away the pain. It would not reinstate the things that I selfishly want. It's going to still hurt. You say, but preacher, if I knew why God allowed my relationship to break up, it would help me to grieve easier. If I knew why God allowed me to be diagnosed with cancer, then, then I could grieve easier. If I knew why God would not let us get pregnant, or if I knew why God would not let me find a job, if I knew why God uh, wouldn't let this relationship last, if I knew why God allowed my child to die, Pastor, if I knew the answers to why these things would help me. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. Knowing the why does not lessen the impact and the destruction and the pain of your storm. When you're in the storm, you don't need knowledge, you need faith. Hello. When you're in the storm, you don't need knowledge, you need faith. If anybody out, is, if anybody out there is hurting, if anyone out there is going through a storm right now, listen to this preacher. Stop trying to understand it. Stop trying to figure it out. You don't need knowledge. Now listen, knowledge and wisdom are important. But knowledge and wisdom are like the sail and the wind on a boat. Knowledge and wisdom are like the sail and the wind. When you're in a storm, do you need your sail? No. When you're in a storm, when, when the boat is rocking, you pull the sail down and what do you do? You take an anchor, you throw the anchor overboard because you're just trying to stay still. You're just trying to keep things settled. Your anchor is faith. 
what holds you still, what holds you tight, what keeps your boat from, from being tossed to and fro is the anchor, your faith. That's what you need in the storm. Not knowing why, not knowing what, not knowing how, not knowledge, not wisdom, but faith. Faith is what helps you to get through the storm. Faith is what anchors your heart to to the things that that they need to be anchored to. Faith. God has a plan. You may not know the details. You may not know the why. But by faith, we can understand and, 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 and realize that God has a plan for my life and circumstances. I want us to think about this for just a moment. God didn't didn't just allow them to go into the storm. God sent them into the storm. You see that in the text? God didn't just allow them to go into the middle of that storm on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus actually sent them. That seems pretty low down, doesn't it? It's it's like your buddy saying, yeah, go over here and do that, and and then all of this bad stuff happens. You say, why would God do that? Why wouldn't God let his children and those that he loved just have every good thing that ever happens? Have no troubling experiences. You say, that would be awesome. That would be great if I never had to go through a trial. If every day was like Christmas with, without the credit card bills coming. If, if every day was just goodness. Give me, give me, give me. That would be awesome. You know what I've learned in life though? My faith is not strengthened through the mountaintop experiences. My faith grows stronger when I'm in the valleys. Your faith, that's that's how faith works, right? Your faith is strengthened in the storm. When it's dark, when it's rainy, when you're miles away from the shore and you have no one else to rely on but Him. You have no one else to turn to but Him. We may not see it. We may not understand it. Well, we, but but we, we, will, we can always know the power of God. We can know that He has a plan. You may never experience fully the glory of God, the growth in our own Christian lives, until you come to the place where you're stranded, where you're totally and completely dependent upon Him. Don't miss this. Christian, when you come to the place that He's all you need, you'll find that he's all you have. When you come to the place in your Christian walk and your Christian faith that he is all you need, you will discover that he is the rock. He is the one who hasn't moved. He is the one who has a plan. When when all of your life is in chaos, when you come to the place that you realize it's not your friends, it's not your parents, it's not your kids, it's not your job, it's not your money, it's not your stocks, it's not your bonds, all of that, none of that you can rely on. But when you realize that He is all you really need, at that point you'll realize that He's all you really have. So you can be sure that in the middle of your crisis that God has a plan. Whether you have a plan or not, God does. The second thing we see is that God is present even when we don't sense it. God is present even when we don't sense it. Jesus was present all along. He was praying for those disciples. He was on the mountaintop praying to the Father. 
interceding for them, watching them. The scripture tells us, Mark tells us, that, that, that Jesus was looking down and he saw them. He knew they were in trouble. You say, well, I wish Jesus was looking down and saw me in my storm and, and, and was praying for me. Well, friend, that's exactly what he's doing. Jesus said that, that the Bible says that he lives to make intercession for the saints. Right now, at this very moment, whatever storm you are facing right now, he is sympathizing with you. He sees you. He knows you. And Jesus not only prayed, but Jesus also appeared. Your Bible says that he, he came walking on the water. What a sight that must have been. Now the disciples, they didn't expect to see him. Remember, they've thrown their baskets of blessing overboard. They've completely missed the lesson of the loaves. They've long forgotten that God is in control and that God is going to provide. That, that, that's gone. We've forgotten about the, the feeding of the multitude. That's gone. That's not in my, we're focused only on the rain and the rocking of the boat, the thunder, the lightning, and the waves. Not looking for Jesus anymore. Not looking for God anymore. The most damning part of this verse. If I were a disciple, if, if I were Peter, or I were Philip, or I were Nathaniel, if I were one of the twelve, of all that was written about me in Scripture, if I could take one thing out of Scripture, you know what it would be? This verse right here. You know why? You know why? Because in the middle of their storm, they did not expect to see God appear. That's damning right there. Of all that they have seen, of all that they have done, all that they saw Jesus do, they, they were in the middle of a storm and they didn't expect, in their worldview, in their storm, they did not expect that God would show up. And how many times in our own life, how many times in our own storm? Have we so filled with anxiety and doubt and, and worry that we have left absolutely no room for God to show up? How damning on us. Before we start casting stones at the disciples, we do the same thing, don't we? We begin to worry about tomorrow and, and have anxiety over tomorrow. We have medicine that we have to take because we get so anxious. And Jesus all along has said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. If God provides for the birds and, and the foxes, don't you think he's going to provide for you? But we get so caught up in the prognosis and diagnosis. Our eyes are so mesmerized with, with doubt and anxiety that we leave no room in our storms for the living God to show up. We fill our mind with these impure and unholy and ungodly things. We leave no place for God to come in and work. Listen, Jesus must be more real to us in times of suffering, in times of pain, in times of grief, in times of heartache than at any other time, any other experience of life. You have to look to him with eyes of faith. God is present even when you don't see him. He came at the right moment. He also came with the right message. In Jesus' message, when he came walking on the water, there are three things we see from his message. First of all, it was a message of cheer. He said, be encouraged. Jesus is walking on the water. The storms are, are, are raging. The disciples are freaking out. And Jesus comes and he says... 
turn that frown upside down. That's what he said. He said, be of good cheer. Lighten up, guys. This storm is not going to kill you. Yeah, it may hurt. But listen, I've got this. The message that Jesus is saying to them in the storms of life, in the trials of life, it was a message of cheer. He said, I died. I'm going to die on the cross. He's saying to us, I died on the cross. I put my spirit inside of you and I've given you joy. And that joy lasts through every single moment of life, every heartache, every pain, every valley, every mountaintop, that joy. His presence is a message of cheer. He also came with a message of courage. He said, don't be afraid. Fear is the antithesis of faith. You can't have faith if you've got fear. You can't have faith if you're fearful. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of sound mind. He said, don't be afraid. It is I. Then he also spoke a message of confidence. When he said, it is I, he's literally saying, I am. Why is that important? He said, be of good cheer, I am. You know why he said, I am? Well, what is that? That's the message of God himself, right? When Moses was in the wilderness and he stood before a burning bush, he knelt at the burning bush, he said, whose name, what, what is your name that I can go and tell the people? If, I'm, if you're telling me, go into the most powerful man in the world, I'm supposed to go into the Oval Office and look at the president in the face and say, you're wrong. He's going to say, on whose authority? Who am I supposed to go and tell Pharaoh that he's wrong? God said, I am. You say, I am that I am sent you. God spoke out of that bush. Jesus here is saying, I am the supply. I am sufficient. He said, I am whatever you need. That's what he said to the disciples in that boat. I am whatever you need. Dear believer, the storm is never so severe. The night is never so dark. The boat is never so small that he is not there. God's allowed me numerous of times to be out there on the Sea of Galilee. Beautiful. One of the most beautiful sights my eyes have ever seen. There on the Sea of Galilee with the mountains of Galilee all around almost all around. The only place where you don't see mountains is where the, the Jordan River comes in to the Sea of Galilee and then where the Jordan River flows out of the Sea of Galilee. Everywhere else, surrounded by hills and surrounded by mountains. One time a few years ago, we had a group of about 50 or 60 that went with us. And whenever you go to Israel with me, we come to the Sea of Galilee, we'll spend a few days there and there's a boat that we get on, and, and we send the boat across the Sea of Galilee. We go from one side all the way over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Well, this one time, I was wanting to teach our people a lesson, and so they didn't realize I was going to teach this lesson. I told no one but uh, the guy, the Israeli guy that was with us, that I was going to do this. So I got, we, got, we woke up that morning. We had breakfast. We walked out. We walked to the boat. We went to the dock. We put everybody on the boat, and I didn't get on the boat. In fact, I, I put 60 people on the boat, sent them off, and, and I heard them as they were trugging along in the distance. Where's the preacher? Stop! The preacher's not here! I started laughing. I got on the bus and took off. And when I got on the bus and took off, we went up to the mountains of Galilee. And that boat ride's normally about an hour, hour and a half, two hour ride. You go through, you stop in the middle, and you have a teaching lesson. We had another minister there that was doing the lesson 
And so I went up on top of the mountain and came around. And about an hour and a half, two hours after I saw them leave the dock, they pulled into the dock, and I was there waiting. I got on the boat. Preacher! You told us that if we were on the boat, we're going to leave you. We left you. Where were you? This was amazing. Don't you realize, preacher, that 80% of Jesus' ministry happened right, and you missed it? We even let, tried to let one of the deacons walk on water, and he sank. He didn't even have faith. You missed it, preacher. Where were you? I said, I want you to take your Bible and turn to Mark chapter 6. I said, because you see, the real out, reality is that while you were out there on the sea, I had our driver take me up to the mountains, and I got a few snapshots of your boat. I, I saw you every moment. I saw that deacon step out in that water and sink. I saw it all. When we were looking, we didn't see you. Mark chapter 6, the Bible says the disciples got on the boat. And they went out into the storms and they didn't see Jesus. But Jesus never took his eye off of them. You see, no matter where you are in life, you may think that you're all alone. You may think that nobody sees, that nobody cares, that nobody can relate. But listen, Jesus is always watching. Jesus has never taken his eye off you for a moment. As he was watching there, he was present. Even though they didn't understand it, even though they didn't sense it, he was present. Thirdly, God has a purpose, even though it may hurt. God has a purpose, even though it may hurt. Jesus was not showing off here when he walked on the water. He was teaching them a lesson, teaching them a point. Mark is the only gospel, all four gospels talk about this event. Mark is the only one that doesn't talk about Peter stepping out and sinking. Matthew, Luke, and John all talk about this and talk about Peter stepping out of the boat and trying to walk on the water. The point here is that Jesus was teaching a purpose of the lesson. It was, it was teaching them the point of faith, the point of trusting, the point of stepping out of the boat and, and walking on the water in the arena of faith. We would never learn to walk in faith. We would never learn to do all that God would have us to do unless we experienced some storms in our life. Storms are what causes our faith to be real. Now, I'm talking to some, and you've been through a storm. You've been through many storms. And what I've learned over the years is this, that storms will either make you better or they'll make you bitter. Storms will either make you better or they'll make you bitter, and it's your choice. It's your choice how you're going to respond to the storm. Storms stretch our faith. Storms build our lives to attempt great things for God, things that are unimaginable. You've heard it said before, no pain, no gain. Well, that statement's true. Anything you want in life requires sacrifice. You want a growing marriage? Listen. So many think that I, I want a strong marriage, and so I'm going to go to this marriage conference, and this marriage conference is going to give me a strong marriage. No, it's not. No, it's not. They may give you tools and principles, but they're not going to strengthen your marriage. The way you, your marriage is strengthened, it's you and her or you and him sacrificing. You want to run a marathon? I would not suggest, if you've never run before, if you've not practiced or trained, don't try to run a marathon. You will die. It will kill you. You know why? Because you didn't put in the effort. 
no pain, no gain. If you want your faith to grow, it requires walking through life. Life that brings hurt. Life that brings pain. Yes, joy. Yes, fulfillment of pain. Along the way, we understand that there's a purpose. What is the purpose? God has a purpose in our pain. It's that our faith, it may hurt, but it's so that our faith can be strengthened. Finally, God is powerful even when we want to give up. God is powerful even when we want to give up. Jesus was, again, teaching another lesson. Remember what we said, lesson of loaves. God is in control, and God always provides. God is in control, God always provides. This is what he was teaching them. Yet again, when it comes time to calm the storm, Jesus said, storm, be still, and the storm listened to him. Isn't that awesome? That Jesus, the, the Savior of the world, is also master over even the elements. If Jesus can say that and speak that to a storm and make that storm, that physical storm, stop, don't you think that he can step into your life and whatever storm you're facing, he just says stop and it stops. You see, he's got the power. He's got the power even when we want to give up. I like how Adrian Rogers used to put this. He said, he said, uh, he he was teaching uh, this and he said that everything that is over our heads is under his feet. I like that. Everything that is over our heads is under his feet. The storms, the rain, the winds were over uh, our heads, but it's under his feet. And the same Christ who has the power to walk on the storms or walk on the seas has the power to calm the storms. He has the power to calm, calm our stormy hearts. No one can drown if his head is above the water. And our head is the Lord Jesus Christ. And as long as we're in him, as long as we're in his body, secured in him, we'll never drown. He said, he who does the will of God abides forever. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Jesus is the conqueror. Jesus is powerful. No matter what you're facing, Christian, what are you facing right now? What storm are you in? What storm have you just come out of? You may be coming into a storm in just a moment and you have no clue. Remember where your power lies. Your power lies with Jesus. Will you bow your heads with me? Heads bowed and eyes closed across this room. I tell you that the greatest, we've been talking about faith. And, you know, faith has to have a beginning point. In order for you to live this type of life, you have to have beginning faith. You have to have saving faith. If you're here today and you, have, you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, in just a moment... We're going to stand to our feet. We're going to sing a song of response. If you're here today and you've never placed your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord, if you've never repented of your sins and invited him into your life, why don't you do that today? Why don't you come and be saved today? He will take you where you are. You say, I've got to get my life worked out. I've got to get all these pieces in place first. Listen, that's not how it works. You come just as you are. You come literally just as you are. And he takes you where you are. And he molds it and he shapes it and he uses it. If you need to be saved, you come. We'll take God's word and show you straight from God's word how you can be saved. Now today I know that I'm speaking to a lot of Christians, a lot of believers. And you're walking through storms of life. Maybe you're walking through a storm. Maybe you've walked through a storm and, and you got your eyes off of Jesus. You've got your eyes on the storm and it's caused you to be bitter. Stop walking through life like this. 
Lay it at the feet of Jesus. Lay it down. Maybe you're walking through hurt and pain right now. Maybe, maybe God is allowing a storm to come into your life, whether it's correction or perfection. We don't know. Maybe God's allowed you to walk through this and maybe your faith is faltering. Maybe, maybe you've taken the blessings of God and you've thrown them overboard the way those disciples did. Listen, it's not over. But you need to stop. You listen to me. Stop freaking out. Stop being anxious. Stop worrying. God's got this. No matter what may come, God is in control.